In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I don't know if you caught the bit of liturgical humor at the beginning of our service as this is Mother's Day. Our opening hymn this morning was, The strife is o'er, the battle done, and no mother has ever said those words. <laughs> so while it's a beautiful Easter hymn, it does make me chuckle that we are singing it on Mother's Day. Good morning. This morning, um, this book stands out to me. If you can't see it, whether you're at home or in the back row, that's called The Runaway Bunny. My mom read this to me when I was little. We read it to our kids. It is lovely and has beautiful artwork. And it was published 80 years ago, which is kind of shocking. And as, as we have lived into this book, as parents in my house and then growing up with this book, it's a gift to behold the tender words from a mothering heart watching and loving the child who yearns to wonder and wander. You see, if you don't know the premise of The Runaway Bunny, the title tells you a whole lot. There's a little bunny who wants to run away. And the little bunny's mom says, if you run away, I will run after you because you are my little bunny. So the little bunny says he's going to be a fish. Then he's going to become a rock on a mountaintop. He is a flower in the garden. He joins the circus. All of these dreams of getting away. And in each scenario, the mother calmly and lovingly has a response because nothing can separate her child from the love that she has for him. He says he's going to be a bird and fly away, and the mother says, I will become a tree for you to come home to me. See, she anticipates that even in his wild and wandering heart, he still needs a space of rest and safety. He says he's going to be a little human boy and run into a house. And his mother says, and then I will be a mother and sweep you up into my arms. The young rabbit finally gets it. He can't get away from his mother's love. He finally understands. He hears her voice and realizes that she knows him. And each time the little rabbit finds himself welcomed in tender and nourishing ways. For she accepts him just as she is. Indeed, she over accepts him. This story reminds me a little bit of the story of how the Good Shepherd loves and cares for us, the sheep. Jesus speaks of that dynamic in the Gospel according to John today. We, we pick up Jesus in Jerusalem. He's at the temple during the festival of the dedication. Now, we might call it these days Hanukkah. 
But at that time, it was most likely called the Festival of the Dedication, and it was to help the Israelites remember God's protection while they wandered in the wilderness and strayed to false gods. They needed that reminder. Amid questions at the temple about his claim to be the Messiah, Jesus says to those challenging him, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So this question of, are you really the Messiah, keeps bubbling up. And Jesus has already been performing miracles and actions, these signs pointing to who he is as the Son of God, so that his followers can see and believe, so that his followers will walk in the footsteps of Jesus, the Redeemer of the world. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? Well, in the Gospel according to John, we hear a couple of key words today. Those who are my sheep listen to me. They follow me. They are not lost. And they have eternal life. They will never perish. And they cannot be snatched away. We also hear stories of what following Jesus looks like in the Acts of the Apostles and the witness of Tabitha in that upper room. Tabitha is a disciple of Jesus. She's the only woman in the New Testament who's specifically called a disciple. She's deeply devoted to good works and acts of charity as we read in this New Testament reading. And yet she became ill and died. In her life and in her death, she was a good witness for what it means to follow Jesus. At her death, lots of women gather and mourn and tell stories, and they call the disciples to get Peter right over. He's been in a neighboring town and just healed Aeneas, who had been paralyzed his whole life. And then with Peter's prayer and help, Aeneas is restored to being able to walk again. And so Peter now comes to see those who are mourning the death of Tabitha, he arrives and they bring him upstairs. And all the widows stand around and hold up clothing and tunics that Tabitha has made. And I wonder if these tunics that she has made, does she give them away? They are so distraught by her death. I wonder what kind of witness she is to those in the community and what her death means to them. As they share stories, I wonder if they're talking about how she brought dignity to those around her as she gifted people with beautiful tunics, more than they could provide for themselves. And so Peter kneels. He humbles himself before God. Though he is known to be one as a healer, he kneels and prays. And then he calls to Tabitha. Tabitha, get up. 
And just as the good shepherd calls for the sheep, Tabitha heard the call. She opens her eyes and she sees Peter and she sits up. And then he extends his hand, helps her up, and shows everyone that she is alive. Again, in her death and in her rising again, she is a witness to what it looks like to follow Jesus, to listen for God's word. And in moments of weakness, she allows someone else to help her as well. She is not alone in her ministry. And because of her ministry, many believe So what does it look, what does following Jesus look like? It might also look like our reading from Revelation as they gather around that great multitude more than we can count, that great cloud of witnesses from every nation, every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They proclaim and praise God And at that amazing table, they worship day and night, no longer hungering or thirsting. And today we will gather around this table. And some of the young people of this church have been prepared to come to the table. And they have learned what it means to come to this table and what it means to go out from this table as well. Because as we pray the post-communion prayer, we are propelled to leave this sacred space and to go out into the world to do the work we are called to do. That looks like Jesus too, not just being here, but leaving this place faithfully. Perhaps it looks like following Jesus through advocating for those who were pushed away or silenced. Perhaps it looks like feeding and sharing space and hope and voice. Maybe it looks like paving the way for all to see and hear and believe the reconciling, transformative love of Jesus the Good Shepherd who loves us, who protects us, who nurtures us and meets us right where we are and guides us to springs of the waters of life as we hear in Revelation. Following Jesus does not always look beautiful or easy or pretty. Sometimes it's bumpy and yet God calls us to faithfulness. As it is Mother's Day, I wanted to close with a prayer for mothers. Well, it's called for Mother's Day for all occasions because there are some who might squirm when it comes around to Mother's Day. Some might feel more whole than you ever have been. And yet when we gather in this place around the table, the great cloud of witnesses are welcome, as are we. So join me in this prayer. On this Mother's Day, we give thanks to God for the divine gift of motherhood in all its diverse forms. Let us pray for all the mothers among us today, for our own mothers, those living and those who have passed away, 
for the mothers who loved us and for those who fell short of loving us fully, for all who hope to be mothers someday and for those whose hope to have children has been frustrated, for all mothers who have lost children, for all women and men who have mothered others in any way, those who have been our substitute mothers and we who have done so for those in need and for the earth that bore us and provides us with our sustenance. We pray this all in the name of God, our great and loving mother.